welcome to the Countryside Kitchen Meets, a food and farming podcast. I'm Millie Fife, your host. I'm a mum of two, farmer's wife, food producer and passionate about flying the flag for British food and farming. Today we'll be chatting to Yorkshire pig farmer Kate Morgan, who you may have seen on screen recently after she hit the headlines championing the Save Our Bacon campaign. Then I've got a few time-saving hacks when it comes to mealtime preparation, meaning you can juggle family life with the children and cook a tasty, nutritious meal too. Okay, so today I have passionate pig farmer Kate Morgan with me, who has shown true leadership in highlighting the plight of the British pig industry. Her heartfelt pleas on live TV and across the media have helped to bring real issues to the forefront of people's mind and the impact that that has on her life on the farm, as well as other pig farmers across the country. Hello, Kate. How are you? Hello. I'm good, thank you. You've been really busy recently, haven't you? Um, What have you been up to? How uh, or why has the Save Our Bacon campaign been so important? Yeah, we've been really, really busy. Um, It's been a really challenging time for the pig industry. Um, We had we've got a massive amount of pigs backed up on farm um which has made our job really difficult basically um the processors have a lack of butchers and so they're unable to take our contract number of pigs that we send in every week and so pigs are basically backing up because we've got pigs being born every week on our farm and unfortunately we can't turn that tap off and so The pigs are staying on farm for a lot longer than what they should do. And it's causing us so many problems. Um, And obviously they're growing all the time as well. So it's really challenging. Yeah. And obviously that has a huge financial impact on yourselves, doesn't it? With feed costs and, and staffing as well. Yeah. I mean, it's a perfect storm because not only have we got the issue of getting the pigs to the processor, We've also got really expensive feed that we're having to buy and we're having to buy more of it than what we've ever had to buy. Um, And so that's crippling us. And my guys that work with us who are all doing an amazing job and pulling out all the stops, but we're putting pressure on them. We're asking them to do more than what they've ever had to do. And, you know, it's just been, yeah, it's just making us all, (laughs) it's wearing us all out, I think is a quite a good way of putting it. (laughs) Um, um, and what's the solution? We obviously need more late. There's more late. Need more labour within the supply chain. Is that the answer? Well, on the front, yeah, that does look like that's the answer. However, we don't, as a farmer, we don't get to really hear what the actual issue is. Um, government put a package for us in um, October. And it's now December, middle of December, and that package hasn't actually helped us at all. It's not helped the farmers at all. And so we're really playing with the government to actually follow up and find out why the processors aren't using the package that they've put um, together. And basically to speak to some farmers and find out on the ground, because we're the ones that are suffering and it's not our fault. None of this. We are just for filling our contracts that we've got. That's all we're doing. We're doing what we are meant to do. And as a result, it's actually crippling our businesses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so obviously the headlines have been that you've had to slaughter healthy pigs that should have gone into the supply chain. And so, and actually what's really worrying is that when you go in the supermarket at the moment, there's lots of foreign imports, yet 
we have our own food supply here, but it's basically going in a bin. Yeah, and it's disgusting. It's an absolute... I just cannot actually put it into words. Mm. Um, we're very lucky. We haven't actually had to kill any of our healthy pigs on farm. Um, we've done that through a lot of juggling and probably put our whole system under a lot of pressure that will yeah. pay that price for probably a couple of years to come because mm. of the health of the animals. Up to now, they're reporting about 30,000 pigs, healthy pigs have been killed and wasted. Mm. And like you say, you go into the supermarket and you can't see British produce there. Mm. And that's disgusting because we've got issues on British farms. We've got starving people in Britain and the government are happy for us to waste this product. And that is just so criminal. And they're bringing in EU products that has got higher food miles. The welfare probably isn't the same as what it is over here. You know, it's just none of it makes sense. No. And there's nothing that we can do, or it doesn't seem like it. We're shouting as much as we can. Yeah. But we're not getting anywhere. No, you've done incredible. Like, I mean, I know you've been on TV and on the radio, and that sort of hit all around the world, really. And, you know, good on you because you have to stand up and be, you know, and tell tell it like it is. And those heartfelt pleas have been listened to in a way. But actually, what needs to now happen is you need to see change, don't you? You've told what told everybody what the problem is, and now you need the people along the supply chain and government to kind of back that up, really, do something about it. Otherwise, the pork industry in the UK is just going to be sailed up the river. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, it's been the most emotional time I think I've ever had. I'm not an emotional person, and mm. I've spent weeks crying because I am so passionate about what I do. I love my animals. And yes, ultimately they are going into the food supply chain, but I'm doing that because there's a demand for them and for them to be wasted from no fault of our own. And it is, it's just the government just need to make sure that the supply chain is operated the way it should be operating. Because at the moment, certain people in that supply chain are making millions. And the farmer, the British farmer, is losing so much money. And like you say, we won't be able to, we won't be here for much longer. And then all of your pork in the supermarkets, in your restaurants, everywhere will be foreign. And there'll be no traceability there. No, no, exactly, exactly. And the reason why they're being slaughtered rather than going to the supply chain, um, well, is, is a lot of the time because, like you say, the pig's, are in pig you're having lots more pigs and a lot of farms don't have the luxury of space so they're only producing as much they're at capacity aren't they so when there is this problem within the supply chain you can't hang on to the pigs can you it's not like you can just carry on feeding them or you know you've got an extra uh barn to put them in or you know i mean if they're outdoors you've got an extra fit whatever it is you don't you know you farm to to your capacity surely yeah, exactly. We've got we're a business at the end of the day. We've got to be efficient. And so we have to use space as efficiently as we possibly can. And so yeah, it's a really tight run ship. You yeah. know, I know exactly, I know next year where my pigs are going that are being born. I know which shed they're going into. And when something like this happens that's totally out of our control, it puts everything, the whole the whole system under pressure Mm. and yeah they keep growing and we keep feeding them 
Um, but then they get to a certain size and the processor doesn't want them because yeah. they don't fit in the retailer packet. Yeah. And so then they don't really pay us any money for it. Mm. And so a problem that they're caused, they're then penalizing us for as well. It's just every way that you look, it's a farmer that's losing out. Yeah. It's, it's wrong. It's so wrong. It really is because, I mean, it is consumerism as well, isn't it? In the sense that everyone, um, well, all it's provided neatly packaged up in that carton or container and nobody likes that fat or, you know, it's got to be presented in a certain way. And I think we need to get back to our roots really in terms of, um, you know, shopping locally, buying from a butcher or, you know, the supermarkets listening to the farmers and actually saying, look, you know, this is crippling our businesses. You know, do you want to buy from British producers or, you know, and to the consumers really, if you don't support the farmer, locally then yeah like you said um the welfare standards are going to be um hugely compromised and also the air miles and there's so much more of a uh, an element or emphasis on sustainability isn't there these days and uh, you mentioned about efficiencies as well well surely it's a lot more efficient and sustainable to support a local community a local business and a local supply chain than one that you know you meet all your vegetables wherever it is comes from the other side of the world it just doesn't make any sense no, not at all. Um, I think that's a really easy message to get as well, is that actually buying British produce, you are, you've got lower food miles. You know, we do produce food throughout the year. We've got to look for seasonal food. We've just got to change our habits a little bit. And yeah, support, because it's supporting the local economy. You know, the mm. British countryside will not look like it does today mm. if there's no British farmers. No, no, exactly. There's some really good take-home messages there. And I hope everyone listening really takes heed of this. I'm sure they will, but uh, you know, it's um it's a really pertinent subject at the moment and something that I want to sort of try and elevate with your help, Kate. And you're doing amazing work. So but tell me about your backstory. Have you always been involved in pig farming? Um, so mum and dad actually bought where we or where they live now um in 1996 um before then there were contract farmers so um I was about 14 when we moved here and we started pig farming and I went to university and when I finished university I traveled for a bit did ski season I actually drove a HGV wagon for quite a long time delivering liquid fertilizer and things like that um tried marketing but really didn't like being in an office all the time and then yeah kind of stumbled back home they were short-staffed on the farm and uh, yeah I went to help and I've never been allowed out since <laughs> <laughs> that's it now it was a rite of passage by the sound of it yeah oh so how many pigs have you got or how many how many do you normally rear so we have a breeding herd that's got 1,700 breeding sows. And then we also buy in some piglets from another company. So we're finishing about 90,000 pigs a year. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. quite a lot, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. And who do you supply? We supply straight to the processors, so two yeah. big processors. So we don't have a direct contract with um, a supermarket. Right. Okay. So people can't buy from you direct as such. They, you're basically tied into contracts and things. Yeah. Yeah. We are at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, but do you ever have a pig back for yourself or? Uh, <laughs> it's funny you should say that. We've just this week, we um, killed quite a few pigs and uh, gave them to family and friends. And I've got about 
25 farmers that do bed and breakfast for our pigs. So uh, I always give them some meat for Christmas to just say thanks for all the work they've done. Yeah. So nice. yeah, we do. Obviously, we've got a lot of extra pigs, so we have tried to <laughs> tried to get rid of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, bless you. Yeah, no, that's well. We're we're on such a smaller scale here in terms of pigs. I normally have three Gloucester Old Spot pigs, and I just do them for our freezer and for for a few family and friends. But it's still nice, isn't it, to be able to enjoy your own produce and um, yeah, yeah, to know that you've looked after them the best you can, and you know they've had a good life, and yeah, it does. I think it's really rewarding. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you're a busy mum like me. And um, what do you like to cook for the family? Um, what inspiration can you provide to my listeners in terms of no fuss meals that anyone can cook? Always rushing. So <laughs> everything is a bit of a throw in um, a pan or a tray. So I'm a big tray bake fan of um, chucking in sausages and peppers and lots of vegetables and chucking it in the oven really or chicken thighs or something like that yeah basically anything that you can chuck in and leave for an hour and then come back to it really good sausage with cherry tomatoes that's a really good one. Oh, amazing oh you'll have to share the recipe with me but I guess if you just throw it all in put some tomato passata or something in with yeah. it and let it bubble away and um it'll feed an army then won't it <laughs> yeah definitely and I'm also quite keen to to make big meals and then I can either freezer it or I can have it a couple of days later with pasta instead of potatoes or something like yeah. that oh yeah definitely definitely I'm on the same web uh, wavelength as you with that definitely life <laughs> is so hectic yeah oh yeah yeah you want to feed the kids well but you don't want you don't have the time to do it like put it but if you can just throw stuff together and just let it bubble away oh I'm a huge fan of it put it in the bottom oven or a slow cooker and it jobs are good yeah. then, isn't it? And most of the time it turns out pretty well, I think. Mm, as long yeah. as what your ingredients are high quality, then most of the time you can make something that's pretty tasty. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. No, I'd agree with that. How can people find out more about you, Kate? And can they follow you on social media? Yeah, I am on Twitter at KateMorgan24. Had to think about that. Um, and yeah, I'm on Instagram, but not that good on it. I guess I do try and tweet quite a lot and I'm really uh, passionate about people buying British produce Mm. and so um, we've launched a Bite Into British campaign to try and get people to just think about and it's made me think about what I buy. I used to be really bad at just buying pink lady apples because I really like them and actually since since we launched the Bite Into British I've started buying British apples and Mm. you know I've lowered my few miles. I think about everything that I buy now. Yeah. And that's coming from a farmer that I thought I was pretty good before. But now I think, why do I need to buy something that's been uh, produced halfway around the world? Like, yeah. why do my kids need raspberries at this time of year? They don't. Or blueberries? They don't. Mm. And so I've really adapted what I'm buying. And you know what? It is. It makes you feel a bit better about yourself. Mm. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Audi are really good, I find, for um, you'll be able to sort of shop in season a lot better, aren't you? And I know I'm exactly the same as you. And especially when you do an online shopping order as well, you don't necessarily realise 
well, they don't realize what they're putting in the shopping basket. You can get it how you get it, and you're like, blimey, that packet of grapes has come from Peru or something. I know <laughs> what, yeah, but at least like Audi have got some really lovely apples at the moment, and um, and they are British, which is brilliant. Yeah. And it is, it is just being a lot more mindful, isn't it? And I've been exactly the same as you. You just, sometimes you don't even realize, and I think if we're like that and we are food producers. The rest of the general population, I mean, you know, they everyone just needs to eat and um, it needs to be accessible to them. And I suppose one of the things that I've always or I'm coming up with a bit of scrutiny against is, um, is British food affordable? And I think it depends what your priorities are in terms of what, what you mean by affordable, because if it means that you're feeding your family well, then surely that should be a huge priority. Whereas if you're spending your money on all sorts of other things, whether it's you know, Sky TV or, you know, whatever it is, um, uh, then it, it is sort of looking at, at budgets, but also making it affordable or or making meals uh, that are affordable using yeah. British produce. I think that's it as well. You know, if you actually cook things from scratch, it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. And so, and I'm all for, you know, people, if they need to eat less meat, I'm all for that. As long as you eat a good quality meat, you know mm. where it's come from. You know, I think that that's more important. I do think that we should be questioning why that and how people that we can get products from halfway around the world and put it on the shelf cheaper than mm. our own produce. It is crazy. And that has to be a job of the retailers and the government to be questioning why that is happening because mm. to me that is not correct no they, they maybe don't meet all the legislations and the environmental aspects that we have to meet over here but even more reason why we shouldn't be importing it then no no exactly and the impact that that, that has on the environment too and, and climate change it's sort of all part of that bigger thing and I know especially uh, with um, livestock farming especially everyone's pointing the finger at us whereas really is that correct to do that um it's really worrying yeah we've been farming animals for a very long time a lot longer than we've been driving cars and things like that flying airplanes definitely and often it's part they're part of the solution rather than the problem aren't they with the, with the manure that they produce and that helps to fertilize the crops and the carbon sequation and all that that cycle it really it helps i know and that's another thing with the bite into british campaign is that yeah. it's inclusive it like it's everybody so it's mm. the vegetarians like we all need to eat so mm. let's eat let's just support the british farmer because yeah all we're trying to do is provide you with safe, healthy food, yeah. be it vegetables, fruit, meat, dairy. Yeah. We just want everybody to have safe food. Definitely. And that uh, bite into British, that's the hashtag bite into British, isn't it? That people yes. can use on social media um, when they're enjoying a meal. Uh, they can take a photo, can't they? Um, and share. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That'd be really good if people do it. Yeah, definitely. And also set the Save Our Bacon campaign. That was a hashtag. You've got an account, actually, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. we do. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, look out for new activity happening in January. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, here are some time-saving hacks you can all try. I love to use ready roll pastry. There is no shame in buying it and saving your time and effort what's more is that it comes complete with a sheet of baking parchment so more time saves you most of the time and keeps the baking tray clean 
whether it's short crust, puff or sweet. I love to get the kids involved with a bit of baking using the ready roll pastry. Um, an easy recipe to consider is mince pies. Roll out your sheet of puff or sweet pastry. Cut 12 circle discs for your base and place on your grease muffin dish. Spoon one tablespoon of mincemeat into each base. Then cut out 12 stars with the remaining pastry and place on the top. Sprinkle with a little bit of sugar and egg. Put in the oven for 20 minutes and voila, easy. And another tasty treat. I've been whizzing up with the kids in a flash. Sausage rolls, obviously. We have to talk about sausage rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Line out your puff or short crust pastry, cut in half horizontally. Get your sausage meat. I tend to squeeze out meat from sausages, eight sausages, or you can buy, obviously, sausage meat, um, especially at this time of year from your butcher. I make two thin snakes across the pastry, brush the pastry with egg, fold over to cover, crimp the edge with a fork and brush with egg. And then sprinkle, I sprinkle with Parmesan cheese and sesame seeds um, and then cut into small sausage rolls. And that will help to allow them to cook evenly and then place in the oven for 25 minutes until the pastry is brown. And then what I normally do is cover them over with some foil and put them back in the oven for about 25 minutes just to ensure the sausage meat is cooked all the way through. And that is amazing. They don't hang around for long. I'm sure that'd be the same in your house, okay? Yeah, sausage rolls are a must, definitely. Definitely. And in season right now, leeks. Lovely, lovely leeks. I grow a few in my garden, and this season they've done pretty well. Um, when you grow them from seed, the plants are so thin and tiny that you can automatically smell that they are part of the onion family when you plant them up. They're tiny little wispy seedlings. And I never know how I'm just so amazed at how these little tiny thing things grow into such chunky green vegetables. And they're amazing. And they can be harvested from, from November until February. Um, I tend to wash them thoroughly. I chop them finely. And I often use them in a, in a pasta dish, maybe bacon, cream, and pasta for a carbonara that seems to go down well or leek and potato soup who couldn't resist that winter warmer how does that sound Kate sounds delicious you're making me feel hungry oh I know oh I love talking about food (laughs) (laughs) oh amazing okay right I think that's all we've got time for today don't forget to tune into the next episode of the countryside kitchen meets on the first of each month you can subscribe on all of the major podcast streaming platforms. Thank you so much for joining me, Kay. It's been incredible to chat to you and keep up the amazing work. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye.